0: Hey ladies, I am so excited to share this episode with you. For a long time, I have been wanting to get someone on the podcast to talk about how our unique personalities and our differences and our perspectives influence how we show up in our wellness and how to identify our personalities and make wellness fit who we are and who we want to become and all of that. And Callie is your girl. I'm so excited because we had a lovely chat about this quote, what I'm calling the personality assessment. Um, there's lots of other ways you could look at it, but really it, it, it's about your personality and it's called the Enneagram And I don't know if you've heard of the Enneagram or not, but we talk about what it is and how to figure out your own personality and how to approach wellness by better understanding yourself and the way that you show up in health and the way that you show up when you're not in health and all of the things. So, I hope you really enjoy this episode. It was such a treat for me to have Callie on. She has her own podcast talking all about this subject, and so I hope you'll go over there. All the links are in the show notes, but I really hope you enjoy this episode and learn something about how to help you approach your wellness according to who you are and what gifts you have to offer this world and yourself and all of that. So enjoy the episode. It's a lie that wellness has to be hard, painful, and downright miserable, and I'm ready to link arms with you and experience the joy of wellness together. Okay, I am so, so excited for this episode. I have brought someone amazing onto the episode today to talk about our personality as it relates to our health and our wellness and our approach to health and wellness, and I've just had in my mind, I feel like we all have unique perspectives and different um, views about our bodies and wellness, and we're just made differently. We have different perspectives. And so I'm really excited to bring Callie Ammons on with us today. She's an Enneagram. Enneagram, I need to learn how to say it right. You got it. You said it right. (laughs) (laughs) Will you tell us a little bit more about you? And we're going to be talking all about what the Enneagram is and everything, but Will you just kind of tell us more about you?
1: Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for having me on. When you messaged me on Instagram, just communicating about like health and the work you do for women. I was like, yes, we need to have this conversation because I haven't gotten to talk to a health coach and really talk about how our personality plays a role in this. So I'm really excited for this conversation. So thank you for having me on. And yeah, my name is Callie Ammons and I'm an Enneagram life coach. That word does sound super weird. It just is Enneagram. And in the Greek, it means nine points on a graph. So pretty much anytime I tell people I'm an Enneagram coach, they always go, what? Like, can you say that again? It's a weird word. Um, But I got certified about two years ago, and I have always been someone who has just loved personal growth, self-development. So there's been a lot of personality tools I've been involved in. But when I had learned about the Enneagram, it, it was a whole new level because it really communicates your internal world rather than just being like, oh, Callie, you're outgoing and you love people. And so is Elizabeth. It's actually teaching you why you're like that, what annoys you, what triggers you, all these things internally. And then it shows you what you look like when you're healthy as your type and unhealthy. And that's my favorite part because we can know all these things about ourselves, but if we're not experiencing more freedom or growth in our life, I think it's pointless to get obsessed with like self-development and so that's what i loved about the enneagram is it's very humbling and eye opening as you learn about it but this tool can help you in your personal life your professional life and your health so many different areas and so i was finding that freedom in my own life just in my marriage and my business and then it was the end of 2019, I was like, what if I incorporated the Enneagram into my business? And that really took my business mm-hmm. off because I believe humans want to be understood and seen and known. And that's what the Enneagram does. And so prior, I had just been teaching about intentionality, mindful living, which is great. But when I added the Enneagram to my business, it just gave so, so many more like concrete steps for people of really understanding what it means to live with intention based on who they are. So yeah, I started incorporating it. I do one-on-one coaching, but I take very select amount of clients and then have some courses that I offer. But, and then I spend a ton of time podcasting and putting content all on YouTube, just trying to help people understand this tool because it can feel complex, but when you really break it down, it's just life changing. And that's what I'm about is helping people transform their life.
0: I love that. So at the basic level, I don't know if I'm, if this is going to like make you twinge or not, would you say it's a personality test? Yeah, I, yeah, such a good question. The easiest way to explain it is I just
1: call it a personality assessment is how I help people understand what it is to start off with it. And yes, there are. So there's nine points on the Enneagram. Like when you guys, if you Google Enneagram graph, or just Enneagram, you'll see like a circle. And it's like this symbol where it looks like a clock and there's going to be numbers one through nine. And then you're going to see all these weird lines on the graph. And it's like, what the heck is going on? When I mentioned the Enneagram shows you what you look like in health or unhealth, that's what those lines are showing you. So I'm a type three on the Enneagram and we'll backpedal and I'll explain this, but I'm a type three, which means that I'm connected to a six and a nine. And you'll see that on the graph, the three will have two lines going out to the six and the nine. And that means that when I'm healthy and unhealthy, I'm pulling from the type six and the type nine. So if I'm really unhealthy, I actually look like an Enneagram nine. And that's also why it can be hard to figure out your type. So you every single person will resonate with one type, you'll have one primary type. But there's so many connections to health and unhealth. You also have what's called wings, which is the two numbers that surround your number. So I'm a three. So my wings could be a two or a four. Um, I'm already like, Oh, my gosh, I don't want to go too (laughs) deep. So this is where you can hear like, it starts to get complex. But where we're going to start is basics of like, What's the Enneagram and how do I find my type? Like, what is your main type? And I want to give this disclaimer that it's not a test. It's not something that you can just figure out super quick. Some people do really find out their type very clear, very quick. My husband was that way. He's a five within like 30 minutes of learning about the Enneagram and the nine types. Like he immediately knew that was his type. Mm -hmm. A lot of other people have a different story. Like there's some Enneagram professional coaches took them six years to really figure out their type. Wow. Some people find it out in a month, three months. So if you're choosing to go on this journey, it's a journey of getting to know yourself and to really know your type. And it's not about just finding a number so you can rattle it off at a party with people Um, because it's, you feel like you should know yourself, but it's very easy to just kind of be roommates with yourself and to not actually know why you do the things you do. Um, Do you want me to explain how you figure out your type? Like to go into that?
0: Yeah, I I think so, because you're right. It's like there's so much to it. And I've even um, dived into it a little bit and you know it, it feels overwhelming, but I think it's really important what you said. I wanted to make sure everyone knew one of the things that we talk about around here is I really believe that women are capable of knowing the needs of their own body. And so the reason I brought you on here is that I really feel like the Enneagram is a tool to help women better understand who they are how mm-hmm. they react and act and how they show up mm-hmm. and also how they show up in like relationships. Mm-hmm. So I do want to talk a little bit about like the very basics of it um, yeah, and and all of that. But the thing that I want everyone to know is, is really what this is, is it's helping us understand why we show up the way we show up right. and how to, like you said, show up in wellness and also how to identify when you're in quote sickness or, or whatever the word is not like yeah. feeling fully well. Yeah. So can you maybe like, let's talk about, I don't know if this is like, this could be an hour long discussion of its own, but can you <laughs> tell people what like the types are just like a very yeah. basic foundation of if you took this test, you would be clumped into one of these numbers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll go over nine
1: types. I will try to go quick, quickly (laughs) through it. I do have a podcast episode 61 on my show. I go more in depth of all nine types. If you guys are listening to this and you're like, I want to hear more of that. So definitely go look. Um, and the Enneagram, by the way, has been around for like thousands of years. It is ancient wisdom and it has become just like really popular in our society in the past, like five years. Um, so One of the best ways to learn about ancient, complex wisdom is through verbal teaching. So there's a ton of Enneagram teachers that have podcasts. So just go search in your favorite podcast platform, type in Enneagram. I have a podcast, but there's so many other great teachers that I still love learning from. So I just want to give you guys tools that after you listen to this, just keep learning and listen, listen to teachers, explain it. So we'll start with type one. The type one is called the perfectionist or reformer. And every type has a core fear that they're subconsciously running away from. And this is how you identify the type that you are. So the type one's core fear is that they're just going to be bad, evil, corrupt. They're just going to screw up in life. So they have what's called an inner critic. It's literally like this voice in their head where they would feel guilty leaving a plate on the counter. They feel really annoyed if someone doesn't correct that sentence and like the spelling error. They just they notice things. They're very critical of things, but it's because they have this standard of trying to perfect or reform their environment. So they're very disciplined individuals. Um, to connect this to wellness type ones can be very rigid with a diet. Like they will follow it to the T Mm. they'll do all the right things. They might check the scale too much because they can become so obsessed because they're very disciplined. So with every type, you can see how this, like when it's controlled, it can be a very healthy, incredible thing. Like type ones are such good leaders. They have an incredible level of like excellence and discipline. My assistant Um, is a wing to a type one. And so she holds me to like some really high details where I'm like, oh crap, you're right. I should redo that. (laughs) And and it's great. We need people like that in our life, but you can also see how it can be unhealthy. So just keep that in mind as I go through all the types type two is called the helper. And this individual has a core fear that they're not going to be loved or wanted by people. When you hear that, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. Mm. Um, But they're called the helper because they're so good at serving and giving. And they do this subconsciously out of a place of if I serve and give enough, people are going to love me and want me and need me all the time. And they love that validation. The type three. So this is actually my Enneagram type. They're called the achiever. Their core fear is being seen as unsuccessful inefficient, unproductive, incompetent, or just that their life is going to be meaningless, like that they didn't use this one life to add value to the world. So what you can see is threes when they're operating from this place, they can often, this is when they're unhealthy, have all these different personas. I think back to high school, I felt like I had 20 different personalities. If I was mm-hmm. with my basketball team, I was the cool basketball girl. If I was at church, I was like the good girl with the church friends. If I was like every single group, I could like shape shift to be yeah. successful with those people, which was very unhealthy because I didn't even know who I was. But it's operating from that fear of like, I have to ch- achieve, I have to be successful, and I have to be who these people want me to be. So threes, very similar to ones, can be very disciplined because of that internal drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be steered in the right way or else it's going to lead just to a miserable life. Type fours, they're called the individualist or the romantic. Their core fear is being seen as flawed, being seen or just that they are flawed. They think they're unspecial. So they literally look at everyone else and feel like something's messed up with me. Like I don't have what they have. Everyone else was given equal opportunity except me. And so they always feel behind, they always feel like something's just like a little messed up with them and they're not quite sure. And this can create insecurities within them. Um, They're very emotional beings, so they can be very happy and then they can go to very dark, deep, uh, depressed feelings which often freaks people out. And then it in turn validates that fear of like, see, I am flawed, something's wrong with me. So I like to talk about like artists, like musicians, they're usually type fours, you know, like you listen to a song and it's like, wow, they're like seeing what is in my soul. Like when I have been in a really dark place or a happy place, and it's usually fours where it can be a gift when it's used in the right way that they can be incredible therapists or move people to deep emotion that creates actual healing in our life. Um, They're very beautiful individuals, type fives. So this is my husband's type they're called the thinker or investigator and type fives have the lowest amount of energy on the Enneagram and nothing's Mm -hmm. wrong with them. It is literally the way they were made. And I should have mentioned, um, threes, sevens, and eights have the highest energy. So just keep that in mind because Mm -hmm. it's really interesting. People who like naturally can just keep going and going and other people who can't, and both sides are like, what the heck is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So fives have the lowest amount of energy. Literally, they could get a full night of sleep. They wake up with like 20% battery life and that's all they have for the day. So type five's core fear is running out of energy. They're constantly filtering through their head. Can I do this? Am I going to be depleted? Oh my gosh, am I literally going to be like annihilated? And can I handle these pressures? And it could be talking to people. It could just be their thoughts. It could be emotions. It could be tasks, really anything. And it's so specific to the individual But they're called the thinker or investigator because how they fill that energy tank is by consuming information. So they love to research. They like to withdraw. They're usually introverted, not always, but like 95% of the time. And it's because they're trying to withdraw to fill up that tank again. So in my marriage, I used to be like, what the heck is wrong with my husband? Like, He hates me. Why does he keep like retreating to the room just like by himself? And when we learned about the Enneagram, it was so helpful for both of us to be like, wow, like nothing's wrong with him. And he's like, nothing's wrong with Callie. It's just our gifts. And so fives are very strategic. They're very smart. They're incredible at problem solving. They're very grounded because of their ability to step back and be in their head a lot. Um, okay, type sixes, this is the loyalist. Their core fear is just fear itself. They have deep anxiety. They're constantly playing through worst case scenarios, but they're doing this out of trying to protect themselves because they're like, if this terrible situation happened, like what would I do? And that creates anxiety if they can't answer that question. And so again, people can think like sixes are crazy where it's like, why are you so like worried all the time? Or like, just stop being anxious. And to a six to hear like, just stop being anxious, that feels impossible to them because it's a part of their head where they really struggle to shut it off. Now they're called the loyalists because they want to have like a committee with them for life. If they're making a decision, if they're going through something hard, if they're going through their worst fear, they want to make sure that they're not going to be abandoned or left alone. Mm -hmm. And so they're very loyal to people so that that loyalty will be given in return. So you can see a lot of similarities like externally between type twos and sixes. So you yeah. can also see how it can be challenging to figure out your type at times where this is why it takes a while because there's a lot of overlap. And it always goes back to that core motivation and just kind of observing yourself to really get to the root of like, huh, am I operating out of like the fear of being unwanted and unloved or out of like anxieties and fear of abandonment? Yeah. So yeah, just to like point that out because I know as you guys are listening, when I used to listen about the different tasks, I'd be like, oh, I see myself in like six of them. I yeah. <laughs> like, great, I can't figure this out. That's very normal. Just keep observing and taking notes of the ones that you do resonate with and just keep researching those types. Yeah. Um, okay, so the type seven this is the enthusiast. So sevens have extremely high energy, their core fear is being unhappy, not satisfied in life, or just being bored. So this is why they have high energy. They're the type of people that always have things going on. They can hang out with like 20 people. Then someone texts them. and They're like, hey, we're going out to a movie tonight. Can you come? They're like, okay, I can fit it into you. And they're just going and going. They're a very all or nothing personality. So sometimes they can have addictive personalities because it's like they want to be happy. They want to be satisfied and they're going to throw themselves in 110% Um, they're so fun though, because they seek adventures. They're more spontaneous. They're more laid back in life generally. And so again, in all of them, you can see how that can be very healthy or it can turn into unhealth depending on how it's managed. Um, but I think of a lot of healthy sevens in my life and how they do help me get out and have fun and relax and sometimes not be so rigid with like my work and my life because I naturally can fall into that. Um, Okay. Type eight. So this is Elizabeth's type, correct? Yeah. (laughs) I hope it's okay that I just said that. So type eights are called the challenger and they also have very high energy. They're one of the most bold personalities as well on the Enneagram. I shouldn't say one of, they are (laughs) the boldest (laughs) personality on the Enneagram in general. And their core fear is being controlled. Their core fear is that people are going to take advantage of them that they can't trust people. And so this is why we see this bold personality a lot of times is from their subconscious. It's that I have to take ownership. I have to take control. I have to dictate what's going on so that no one will take advantage of me. So that no, basically it's like your life is on you is how type Eight see it. It's not on anyone else. And again, that can be so healthy and so unhealthy. So I think of like incredible eights in my life, like Ali Kazaza is a mutual friend, Elizabeth and I know, She has used her energy and her boldness to literally create a mission and a movement for women in motherhood. And it's in such a healthy way. Um, Martin Luther, they think he would have been a type eight. So it's like, if you're using that energy for a good cause, it's incredible. Um, But if not, and you're operating out of this fear of like never trusting people, you can see how that can also be unhealthy. And eights, I just want to share this too. Eights speak from a place of, they love you and they want to be blunt. And so they'll often say what's harsh to someone else, something that they believe is just being truthful because they think that's the best thing for you. And so all the other Enneagram types, especially with eight women, can be very intimidated by them or feel like they're mean, they're not nice. Um, And I just always want to encourage people to know that it's coming, like remember that core fear, like where it's coming from. They're not trying to be nasty or hate you at all. They're so passionate and they're so fired up about things or trying to protect themselves. And that's what it's coming from. And I I just feel like when we can understand this about each other, where everyone's operating from, it just gives you so much more compassion and empathy. So
0: yeah, just want to say that. Can I, yes, interrupt one to nine. I wanted, I actually wanted to bring that up because someone once told me, um, because it's funny. I, I think if people heard that they would be like, what? Because the way that I show up as a coach is very different than the way that I show up in my life, which sounds really weird. Like it, it feels that shapeshifter. but like, I'm super blunt with like my husband and he's a nine. So it's, we're working on things. I've heard yeah. it's this fire and ice combo, but like, yep, I'm, I'm super blunt and I'm very honest, but it's so interesting because when I show up in my coaching role and I don't do this on purpose, I'm very, I'm way more like subdued and calm and sweet. And it's so interesting to me. I like, I don't understand why, but that's how I show up. Is it, is it because of a wing or what? Okay. So it could be because of a wing, but it also could be because of health. So
1: in health, you have access to the type two, which is the helper. They're very tender. They love people. They're good listeners. Yeah. And so that could be something that let's say like in your professional life, you have matured and grown so much and where you've learned like, oh, if I'm just forceful all the time with my clients, it's not actually going to help them get results. But maybe in your marriage relationship, you're like, huh, that's probably where I have more work to do is working on tenderness or something. And yeah. that's what's cool is you can see health and unhealth show up in different ways within your life based on like, you described to me, I would say it's probably you connecting to the two. Now your wings, you could be more gentle as a type nine, but I think it just sounds like maturity and health and something you've grown in. And I feel like, like as a three, I'm not naturally good at conflict or boundaries, but that's something I've worked really hard, hard in, especially in my professional life. But in my personal, there's some areas I'm still like really having to work in. And of course, until we die, we're always going to be working on growth, right? Like it's not like you just arrive, but that is really cool to hear you articulate about yourself and just that you're aware of that because I'm sure it's helping your clients actually achieve results by you being able to take that step back and have the discernment. Cause it's like some clients, like in my coaching Some I can push a little more and some it is a more tender approach that I take. And it's again, getting to know their personality and what they need from you to be able to help them get that result.
0: Yeah. I think it would be cool to, to coach with the understanding of what person, like what an Enneagram types, my clients are, you know, you, you can, Absolutely. Kind of, if you know it, you can kind of pick out things a little bit, but you're right. Like sometimes it's really nice to have like a little more solid knowledge of like, Oh, this is where you're coming from. So I can kind of help you in health basically. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So. Such a good idea. Even like as you onboard clients, like maybe you guys do spend like a week or something going through the Enneagram or just talking about it because how cool to work with a coach who wants to get to know you even that much deeper, you yeah. know, to understand your personality. So, I love that. okay. Yeah, Um, I do too. I'm also a realtor and my firm here in Colorado Springs does personality stuff. And that's what I love is like, it makes mm -hmm. me feel so seen and heard. And like, I'm an Enneagram coach, but like being with a team that cares so much to understand like Callie's gifts and how can we support her based on her gifts. I love that versus me just being like thrown into a system. So I just think it makes incredible leaders. Okay, type nine, last one. So this is the peacemaker, and you said this is your husband's type, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, so awesome. Um, And you guys can be like a powerhouse couple, just (laughs) learning how to work with each other, being so opposite. But nines have a fear of being in conflict or tension. And this could, yes, be conflict with literally a human where you guys have a disagreement and that creates a lot of stress for them, but it could also be conflict or tension within themselves of making a decision or not sure about the direction they want to go in their life that creates tension and stress within them. And they hate it. Now, what we can see is sometimes they can take this sloth approach where they're kind of chill, laid back in life. Um, or they tend to numb out and it doesn't always look like numbing out because they could be busy like organizing a drawer or just kind of like cleaning the house all the time, or maybe they're watching YouTube videos. But what's happening internally is that they don't know answers in their life and that's causing so much stress and anxiety. And so they're taking this approach of either being a busybody or kind of appearing lazy at times. But gosh, it just gives you so much compassion where it's like telling them to just like do more isn't going to help. But it's really having to get to that root issue of like, where are they struggling to find answers or clarity within themselves? Or what conflict are they trying to work through with another human that's literally causing them to shut down? Because when nines are healthy, they're very ambitious and go-getters and can achieve a lot of things. They look like a healthy three, actually, when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's so fun navigating that. I, I don't know why, but I have a lot of type nine clients. I guess I just attract type nine, <laughs> but it's been cool watching that process. And so yeah, they, they really desire to create peace. They have um, an, an incredible gift of understanding other people's perspectives. And so people often feel very understood and accepted of type nines because they're so good at creating just this warm, comforting environment because of being a peacemaker.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm just like sitting back soaking all of this. In. It's so <laughs> cool to hear. And it makes it helps me understand like my marriage, right? Then right. that's something that I when I learned about this and I was like, I'm the I'm I'm a type eight. I already know like I already know yeah. there's no other types for me. And <laughs> that's something for me, like I don't, I very much don't trust people. Like I have always, yeah. if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. And I wonder like it are like nines, like I'm trying to give some examples and maybe and we'll move on to health, but, um, like I wonder about our nines, they struggle with following through with things. So then the eight comes in as like, I want to be able to trust you, but I can't. And then the nines is like, I can't follow through with anything. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And then it feels like you're going against each other. So Yeah. Quick tip for like an eight and nine in any type of relationship could be friendship, marriage, business, whatever. Eight. This is so hard. I know this is going to make you like cringe or like (laughs) feel sick in your gut for a second, but you have to choose to give the nine some opportunities to lead. And it's going to be so painful when they don't follow through or they don't do it to the standard you want. And I'm not saying all the things. So maybe it's something little where you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to ask my husband to, unload the dishwasher just for five days straight, however he wants on his own timing. And I'm literally not going to step in and take over when he doesn't do it within the time frame I would, or when he doesn't do it the way I would. And it is so hard, but the more you train yourself to do that, you're training yourself, I don't have to control everything. And what you're doing, that's true leadership, where you're teaching someone else, not that you're teaching your husband how to unload the dishwasher, but you're allowing the space to be human, and to kind of figure out what it means to follow through with someone with something, even though it's really challenging and hard. And when you're supportive, and can do that, and don't come in to rescue, it builds that confidence and that muscle over time for the type nine. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to or heard of Audrey and Jeremy Roloff. Um, have you ever heard of them? Okay. Mm -hmm. So Audrey's a type eight and Jeremy's a type nine. They love the Enneagram and teach a lot about it. You should go listen to some of their podcast episodes where they've talked about that dynamic that you're exactly mentioning and how Audrey and Jeremy have like intentionally had to create some boundaries around each other so that Jeremy can rise up and Audrey can step back. And it's so painful for both of them because naturally it's just like, let's let Audrey do everything. And Jeremy's like, I'll just go to my workshop and work on like some project or something. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. <laughs>
0: is it beating 50% or is it their other one? Their other podcast behind okay. the scenes. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Okay. So I kind of want to, I want to shift directions a little bit and, and talk about how this relates to wellness and women showing up for themselves in wellness and all of that. And I, I don't really know the best way to go, but I wonder maybe if we started, I'm happy to be a Guinea pig here. And we, we kind of share like what it looks like for, for me in wellness. Yeah. When I'm like showing up as my best when I'm in health or when I'm not and like how I'm just going to, I'm going to put it all out here and then we can figure out where this is going to go. But I wanted to see, you know, like, how do we, how do we find ourselves sabotaging our efforts? How do we step into a place where we're supporting our efforts? Like, I really want to have this conversation. So maybe we just start with my number eight, And maybe we can go to a few of them, but I think it'd be really helpful to understand the process of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I know when I show up best here and I know when I'm not my best here. And these are ways that I kind of sabotage and these are ways that I help. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: let me start with this as an eight, when you think of you thriving in your own health and wellness as a whole, what do you feel like that looks like? Like, I'm curious just in your own heart, how you would articulate that and then I'll unpack it.
0: What showing up as in wellness means to me. Yeah. Yep. Just personally, like when you're crushing it and
1: you're like, I'm doing a good job at taking care of myself, what practically does that look like? Are you exercising? Are you spending time alone, being mindful? Just what does that look like?
0: Yes. So for me, it's waking up early before anyone else and Mm -hmm. having a routine so getting some things done. Um, I'm a big fan of the miracle morning and I do yeah. the savers where I like try to do s- affirmations and visualizations and some exercise. And if I don't get exercise in, in the morning, it doesn't happen. So I, my, my wellness is like exercise happens in the morning and then I'm a l- pretty structured. I've been a little bit better in the last little while, but pretty structured with like, I have to have kind of a a plan for my meals or I just don't really bother. Like, and so for me, I, I really like to have a plan and a plan of like knowing, okay, I'm going to be doing, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on a walk every morning. Mm-hmm. And these days I'm going to do, um, you know, yoga or weightlifting. And, and I, I don't know if I'm necessarily like, it has to be a certain day and a certain time, but I know it has to be morning. And I also know that like, I have to match it with how I'm feeling. Mm, so I'm yeah. not going to go on a run. If I'm not feeling up for the run, I'm very yeah. in tune with my body and saying that mm-hmm. does that give you that much? <laughs> yes. This helps so much. And I think it's so cool to hear you explain that because there's
1: different personality types. Um, I'm going to explain the triads. Cause I think this is going to help you guys with wellness. There's different personality types that need more structure and discipline because they make so many freaking excuses. And then there's other types who don't, and they actually need to rely more on intuition. So Mm. there are what is called different triads that we're grouped in. So there's a head triad, a gut triad, and a heart triad. And I'll explain all of those. And we're going to start with type eight, and I'm going to go through eight, nine, and one, and we'll just rotate through the types. And I'll give, I can give little tips of like what it does look like mentally for you in health. And Elizabeth just jump in and ask me questions or interrupt with your, with your wisdom, but eights, nines, and ones are in the gut triad, which means they have a very strong intuition naturally. So like Elizabeth was just saying, if she doesn't feel like going on a run or just doesn't feel right, but that was her plan. She should listen to that intuition because she has a very strong intuition and can trust that. And it's something that if you don't listen to and you actually suppress, you start to lose um, that contact with it. Like you start to become more confused and you're like, wait, is this me being crazy? Is it my intuition? But the more you obey that intuition, it becomes so much more clear and evident to you of like, yeah, I shouldn't do that or I should do this. So for eights, they are incredibly disciplined. And I think having structure and wellness is so good. So how you're talking about having your morning routine, eights thrive with that. And when you're unhealthy, you can look like a five in some ways where you start to retreat a lot more and you become alone, you get really wrapped up in your head, you start to overthink things. And we can kind of see the spirit of like, I don't know if laziness is the right word, but like checking out because you feel so overwhelmed by life. And so in wellness, if you find that happening, you can know like, huh, I might need a little bit more structure to get myself out of this phase that I'm in right now. And that's not a bad thing. And maybe you're not like, you might be getting confused between intuition and emotion. If you haven't been listening to that intuition. So it's like, I'm getting up every morning this week at 6am or 5am, whatever it is. And you're just going to do that for five days to kind of like jumpstart yourself back on track. Mm. Um, When you're healthy, I think you do have a very healthy flow, like Elizabeth is saying, of listening to intuition, but also having structure to your life. It's not either or, it's both. And in some days, it might be more intuition. Some days, it might be more structure. And that's very important for a type eight to be in tune with that. Um, And just to make sure you're not following like a list of rules, but you're asking yourself, like, okay, here's my structure. Here's my plan. How do I feel about that? Does that make me expand? Does it make me shrink back? Does it make me feel excited for my days? Is this helping me become the woman I want to become if I follow this? And just like a quick heart check and then go on with it. Yeah. Um okay,
0: you want me to go to type nine now? No. Oh, no, you're fine. Let's go. I was going to ask um and I don't know, I don't know if this is too broad, but probably like the biggest um struggles with the women here are being motivated to show up, to keep showing up consistently, um, to feel stuck and like going back to old patterns, old habits of things that they know, mm-hmm. Um, is is that specific to an enneagram type, or like I, does this question make sense? I, I'm trying to kind of feel like I want women to be like, okay, well, why am I the way I am, and how do I show up? And so you kind of sh- shared a little bit like how I did that, where. I tend to want more structure, but I'm tapping into finding more flexibility because structure can make me like last year I, I was working so much and I burned myself out so quickly Mm -hmm. that I, I was almost forced to Mm -hmm. kind of tap into more of that intuition side because I was like only focused on that structure. Yeah. So like how, how can women maybe better understand those things, like those, those categories that they're feeling and show up better? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So twos, fours, sevens and nines
1: struggle the most with what you just described of having motivation or maybe discipline or showing up consistently and twos, fours, sevens and nines. When you hear me say that nothing is wrong with you guys. Like, yeah. You guys are such like more free spirited. You enjoy life, you love going with the flow. you're good at experiencing emotions, you're good at understanding people, and that's your strength. But we also have to monitor that. So twos contend twos and fours the most content to make excuses for themselves of why they shouldn't work out or why they don't have time for their morning routine. So knowing that about yourself, not a bad thing, nothing to shame yourself about. But I would encourage you guys, you do need more structure and more accountability where a one, a three and an eight are naturally in a six are just naturally going to want to go to the gym and like hold themselves to that. And they might need to learn to like miss a day because they need to like listen to that intuition. How Elizabeth was just saying for sevens, it's more that sometimes it just doesn't sound fun to sit down and do gratitude or to wake up early. It sounds more fun to just sleep in. And nines would fall in that same category of a seven of just like, if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. But I would encourage a seven and a nine to come up with a mantra. When you feel like it's not fun, you have to pull yourself out of that present moment and think about what your future self wants. So if your future self doesn't want to be healthier, if your future self doesn't want to have a discipline of waking up early and you're just doing it because someone else told you to, then stop. Like You have to assess that. But if you decide for yourself you want to become healthier, you want to be more disciplined, you, I don't know, want to build more muscle, you want to just go on walks and enjoy like nature, whatever it is. In those moments, you have to use, this is what I think is so cool. Like we can use our past self to encourage our present self and also visualize our future self. So I will like plan my week. And I know that I'm going to work out these specific days. And I know on Thursday, it's going to be harder because I have an event Wednesday night, and I may not feel like it. So I'll write a very specific note to myself Thursday morning, like Callie, you crushed it last night at this event. And I know you're tired right now, but if you just go and move your body this morning that you're helping yourself become the woman you want to become. And I believe in you and I know you can do it. When I read that Thursday morning, I'm like, yeah, I do believe in myself and I can do it. And I know that can sound cheesy or kind of weird. But for the, for the types that might struggle more in the moment to choose really what they want and to be disciplined, just naturally, that's more of a challenge. Use yourself to motivate yourself in different tints of like being in the past, being in the present to the future and think about who it is you're wanting to become. And sometimes like the win for a type seven or a type nine might, might not be doing your entire routine that you hoped you would do. But maybe it's just that you got up early and you wrote like three things that you're grateful for. And that was progress. Even though you didn't exercise, even though you didn't clean up, whatever it is, you at least made progress. And the more you continue to have those wins and celebrate that where you're like, I got up early. I drank a cup of water before I had caffeine. I went on a walk and you celebrate that you're, tra- you're retraining yourself that I am disciplined and I am motivated and I do show up for myself. Mm. And so again, that's twos, fours, sevens and nines tend to struggle more with that. And so use that to help yourself move forward in whatever capacity that is for wellness for you.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I'm hopeful that as you're talking, people are, you know, everyone's kind of thinking, Oh, that's how I'm feeling. I'm going to clump it, you know, like they're Mm -hmm. getting some ideas based on how they're feeling. So would that go along with someone that is feeling like they're having a really hard time showing up consistently, that's going to help them show up consistently. Absolutely. Yes. And I really
1: like, those who struggle to show up consistently, I believe like the power of scheduling is really important. Like when you're in a season of struggling to show up, scheduling is so good. I'm not talking to the type ones, threes, and eights who can become like so rigid with our schedules. Like, really, yeah. sometimes I've had to force myself to like not go to the gym just to prove to myself that I'm still successful without like working out X amount of times. And that's like a different mindset. And it's all important to wellness, like how we think and how we're showing up for ourselves. But Yes. If you're struggling to be consistent. Okay. I always take a very logical approach. Like with my yes. clients is the first thing is like, why are you struggling to be consistent? Like literally make a list is your baby waking up at a weird time is school drop off. Like the time that you're taking your kids falling into a weird time frame? Um, is it that you wake up in the house as a mess and it's hard for you to do your morning routine because you feel so stressed by the environment that affects certain Enneagram types more than others. And so Maybe the problem is the night before and choosing to spend a little time to clean up before you go to bed. That way you can wake up in the morning to set yourself up for success. Everyone's situation is really different. And if you don't problem solve it, a lot of people will just be like, oh, I'm not a morning person or I just struggle with discipline. Actually, it might be a deeper issue. And it may not be that you're not a morning person or that you're not disciplined, but that you're staying up till one in the morning watching Netflix. Who the heck can wake up at 5 a.m. after doing that? Like your body needs sleep. And so, yeah, that's actually the first thing I'd encourage you to do is problem solve. And just like Elizabeth said at the beginning, that our intuition, like as women, as humans is so powerful. It's so true. Like the answers are already within you that you need to figure out like why something isn't working for you, but it's, you have to get still enough and quiet enough to ask yourself those questions to get to the answer. But if you just keep trying to force yourself to do this same morning routine and you never stop to slow down to figure out what's. Getting in the way, you're never gonna actually problem solve it. And for the rest of not rest of your life, that sounds depressing. But as long as you just keep pushing through, you're gonna just keep feeling discouraged, like, oh, I'm not disciplined. I can't do this. I struggle. But take a deep breath and actually slow down to figure out like what is the true issue going on.
0: Yeah, I love that, and that's what I like to think of. It's really a tool. It's a tool to empower you to keep going and to create change. And sometimes I think you know, when you maybe first hear your number, you might be a little disappointed or be like, Oh, I'm the worst one on there. Or like, you know, sometimes I hear that. And I think, do people think I'm abrasive? I I really, I would feel bad if that's how I show up. But then I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty blunt where I, when I am in places and I, and I'm honest and I, and it's not out of a place of like anything other than love, you know? And so I think, well, absolutely this isn't the best type or whatever, but then you see, oh, well, I'm determined and I'm and I want to be that way. But yeah. I think what the conversation has really like led to is that you have a gift and your your personality and your type and all of that is your gift. Mm-hmm. And you just told everyone and I love, I feel like you just wrapped it up like a present so beautifully that was like, <laughs> if you can begin to use it as a tool, it can be supportive of you. And it's okay to say, yeah, I'm not naturally a motivated person or a dedicated person. That's not a good or bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you learn to work with it. And so I'm just really glad you brought that up because I was I was feeling overwhelmed wanting to like share all the types and all of that. But I think you brought it together so well in saying, when you know your type, you're empowered with a tool 100%. to then say- I can see where this is causing me to sabotage. How can I use this to then create change and to show up in health?
1: Absolutely. And it's, I love that like it's so different for every personality too. I think of just like business. My husband runs a business, I run a business. And we run them so differently. But when we learn to run them in the way that goes with our personalities, we've both experienced success. And that's what I think it is in every single area of your life. Like you can have success and wellness, but you have to define what that success is for you and your personality and your gifts, like Elizabeth is saying, because it might look different, then Elizabeth and the way she runs her routine and what her exact morning looks like. And I just think it's so beautiful because it brings about confidence. Like when you're confident in the way that's best for you and your system and using that intuition, you no longer feel like a failure because you're not comparing of like what she does and she does. And this person, but now you're running your lane and you're like, wow, like me exercising for 30 minutes is what I need in this season and what I'm doing right now in life. And this is life giving and it's okay that so-and-so doesn't work out. And this person works out like for two hours every day. It doesn't matter, but it's being in tune with yourself and yeah, having that confidence. I think it's so empowering.
0: Yeah. And it's it's just so important to like, think about how you can, um, like continue to show up in that way and, and know that there's no one right answer. I get a lot of women. They're like, what's the right diet. What's the right way to lose weight. And it's the same thing. Your wellness lifestyle is very specific and unique to you. And when you show up in your best, it's not going to matter what everyone right. else is doing. Right? right. And I'm also, I was going to just bring this in. I'm, I'm so grateful for other people with different personalities, my husband and I are fire and ice for sure. Like we definitely mm-hmm. are very opposite, but it helps me so much. He helps me slow down. He helps me calm yep. down. He went and played um, golf last night, like late, like a, he's a total night owl. I'm a total morning person. We never see each other in the weird times of the day, but um, I, he would go play golf at like 10, 11 and it's <laughs> so hard because I normally I'm asleep and I'm tired, but like him being gone, I wanted to work and I wasn't tired. Like he he just, him being there, like calms me and it makes Mm. me slow down. And it helps remind me like there are important pieces of life to like slow down and not constantly go after things and not constantly be go, go, go all the time. And if it weren't for him, I would be doing that. And so we balance each other out.
1: Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. My husband does the same and there's friends or I mentioned my assistant. It's like, when you learn to empower people and their difference and stop trying to change them to be like you, it's so beautiful because it meshes together. And like, I used to try to make my husband be more like me before I knew about the Enneagram. I'm like, you need to be faster. You need to be more disciplined. You need to do these things. Me too. <laughs> And it's like, wow, Callie, like how arrogant to think that like I'm the standard and people need to perform and be like me, but to give him permission to like run the pace he's going to run. And yeah, he has helped me slow down so much that I would have ran into major health issues if I didn't slow down. Like it has helped me to become a better woman all around personally and professionally to slow down and to learn to just chill and not achieve all my dreams like in
0: one month. (laughs) Totally. I am the worst at chilling. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's we need, yeah, we need each other. And I love how you brought up too, like some people might hear their type and actually be discouraged. And I get that that happens. Clients tell me that all the time where they're like, oh, it sucks that I'm a four or a nine or an eight or whatever. And it makes me sad because I've heard every single type say that. Every single type has wished they're a different type. But there's no type that is better than others. The best type is the type that learns to grow themselves and to become the healthiest they can become. The worst type is the type that chooses to stay stuck, make excuses and become unhealthy. So it's like every type can be a terrible human (laughs) or every type can be an amazing gift to this world. And it's what you choose. And so, yeah, take those like, just get your eyes focused on your lane and stop looking around thinking. Oh, I wish I was that person. I mean, you can admire things about other people, but recognize that the healthier you become, the more you can achieve and do the things you actually want—the person you want to become. So, yeah. it's yeah, all nine types are great, and we need every single one of them.
0: We do, and I, I guess that's the message to to end on is like you are needed, and you can thrive in who you are.
1: Mm-hmm. You can thrive in wellness. Absolutely. You
0: can thrive in life. In yep. the person that you are, and that's good. That's yes,
1: great. everything you need to be successful is already within you. you It's just you have to do the intentional work to uncover it to become healthy.
0: I love it. okay, tell tell us how to do that. then you've got you were saying you've got a course or you a quiz or something. so tell us like if people are like I want to learn more because this is fascinating and I'm for sure I feel bad for everyone in my life because I'm gonna make them <laughs> do all of this now. So I <laughs> like, understand you will know them. the
1: enneagram. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think the best way to learn about the Enneagram is really through audio, like learning from people. So go search my podcast, go look up Ian Cron's typology podcast. Those are incredible ones just to start learning. And my podcast name is living Enneagram, or you can search Callie Ammons. I have a mini training where it's the same process. I take my clients through one-on-one to figure out their type. You can get through it within a day. You can take multiple days. Um, That is at callieammons.com slash courses. And I it's $19. I help you figure out your type with confidence. We're going to go more in depth with each type. I explain the wings. Because as you heard me mentioning, you can just see some overlaps. Um, you guys will hear of Enneagram tests. Elizabeth had like mentioned some of them, you can totally take them just keep in mind that they're only 60 to 80% accurate. So if you take a test and it gives you like your top three results, start with those numbers and be like, okay, I'm going to go research and learn more about the two, seven and nine, because that's what I scored. And it doesn't mean that's your type that you figure out your type. That's only, you know, what's in your heart. Hmm. And so you're the one to determine your type as you learn and understand yourself and more about the Enneagram. When I tested, I typed as a type seventh and the type eight, but after reading the road back to you, which is also a great book, if you guys want to read Um, that's how I figured out my Enneagram type was really studying and understanding the motivation of the three. It was very clear to me that that's who I was. So take time. It's a really fun process and journey to go on. Like I'm, I'm certified and I coach this and teach this for a living, but I'm still learning myself all the time just because it's so complex and it's a really fun, fun journey to go on.
0: Oh, so cool. I can't wait. I'm going to be taking that test as well. So go take Kelly's test and and get that get your number and, and start to learn how to use it, use it for your good. So thank you so much for joining me. This has been a really fun conversation. I hope everyone is feeling the same way and you just have so much wisdom to share. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth.
0: Okay. My friend, if you love the woman of wellness podcast, did you know that one of the biggest ways you can say thank you is by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review? This helps the women that need this message have more of a chance of seeing it. And if these messages speak to you, why not share the love? I genuinely care what you think of this podcast. If this particular episode resonated with you, just copy the link and send it to a friend or share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at a woman of wellness and I will be sure to send my love right back. And while you're at it, just come hang out with me on Instagram. I share lots more support over there as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. I absolutely mean it.